Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. He is risen. He is risen indeed. I like that lesson Danny taught us. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And guess what? If he's not in a tomb, where is he? He's here. He's here this morning. We don't want you to miss him. Because there's just some things you've got to see for yourself. And we want you to know. We want you to meet him. We want you to experience him. It's one thing to come and to sit through an Easter service, hear some great music, and totally miss the one we're singing about, the one we're talking about. It happens. It happened in the day that he was raised from the dead. We don't want it to happen to you. I have a young lady who gave me a story. She grew up a little girl in a village, another country. And she said she used to always think about Cinderella's castle, but she really never dreamed about being there because she said, no, that will never happen. She would never be able to see it. She wrote this. She said, I'd look at pictures of Cinderella's castle, and I didn't even know if it was a real place. I, I didn't know anybody who had ever actually been there to tell me about it. But then here I am. 23 years of age, walking through the gates of Magic Kingdom as my husband trying to pull me along to the many exciting things he wanted to show me. I stood there, frozen in time, staring in amazement at Cinderella's castle. It was too good to be true. It's a real place. And I'm there. I'm actually looking at it. You see, we are, there is something today a lot better than Cinderella's castle. And he is real, and he is here, and we want you to meet Jesus, the Savior of the world. Can we just give him thanks that Jesus is here? So let me tell you a story. You'll find this story in Luke chapter 24, a story of two disciples. We know one of them's name, the other one we don't know. And they were going to a town we don't really know where it was. But what we know is that Jesus showed up and started walking with them, and they missed him. They didn't even know it was him. And the last thing in the world I want to happen is for somebody to leave this service today and never meet Jesus. To come and sing songs about him and celebrate something that happened in his life, but never to have that encounter. It's like the psalmist said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good taste and see meet him so Luke 24 tells us a story I like Luke's version you can really read it in any of the gospels all four of them have the account of the resurrection I like Luke's because he 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 does something he starts off and he tells us in the opening verses that the women were there and and they saw these two angels and the two angels said he's not here he's risen well then they go back and they tell the disciples do you know what the disciples thought about those women and the message they delivered? What their reaction was to the fact that Jesus was alive? Here was their reaction. I got a part of the verse. I'll show you. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. 
You know what the word idle is? It's only used one time in the New Testament. And Luke, the author of the gospel, was a physician, a Greek physician. He chose a medical word to describe the reaction of the disciples. You know what that medical word is? How many of you have ever talked out of your mind coming out from under anesthesia? Like you had your wisdom to you. We've all seen those videos. Oh, they make me gag. That stuff in your mouth and somebody's telling you about, you know, they saw a unicorn and there's a rainbow. I mean, it's just all kind of crazy, right? Well, that word describes somebody waking up. That's what they said. They looked at those women and said, man, y'all, y'all doing something today. Y'all on some drug because he's not alive. Well, Peter, he wanted to go see. And he went. And when he saw an empty tomb, he just, he just marveled. But this is when the story gets really good. Verse 13. These two guys are walking down the road to Emmaus. Seven-mile walk. This wasn't a quick walk. Knowing what it takes you to walk seven miles, but they were walking at reasonable pace. And all of a sudden, they got a third one with them. They don't know who it is. Let's read what happened in that moment. Luke 24. I'm going to start reading in verse 13. And that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were, they were talking to each other about all the things that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, hey, what, what are you all talking about? What's this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, are, are, you, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? Then here comes my favorite part. They're about to tell Jesus about Jesus. <laughs> They're going to tell him. Well, you know, this guy, and they have no clue. They're talking to Jesus. So watch this. And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, besides this, it's the third day since all these things had happened. They had a belief that after three days, the spirit would leave the body. And there was no chance of anything happening after that point. So they said, well, by now it's too late. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. (laughs) They, They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they didn't find his body, they came back saying they'd seen some vision a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and they found it just like the women had said, but they didn't see him. And he said to them, oh, foolish ones, you know, you got to just appreciate Jesus' grace here. He could have hammered them. I mean, he could have said, you guys, look, open your eyes. He, He was very gracious, but look how he handled it. Oh, foolish ones. Slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? 
And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as, he, as if he were going farther, and they urged him strongly, saying, hey, stay with us. It's toward evening, and the day is far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, and he blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him as he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? May this be Emmaus today. And may the Lord open our eyes to see the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is here. God bless his word. Amen. What an incredible moment. Now, these guys, their eyes were closed. That's very difficult. We're not sure what, what that means. Did God close their eyes? Did they close their eyes? You know, there's a lot of different reasons. All I know is this. They missed him. And I don't want you to sit here and hear a story about the king of kings and the majesty of that king. And never meet Jesus. You see, Paul David Tripp once said that one of the most dangerous things about our sin is it blinds us to our blindness. Now, Bartimaeus, we talked about last week, he was blind, literally physically blind, and the Lord opened his eyes to see him. But I tell you, I worry about it when we're blind and we don't even know we're blind. So they're walking along. I just think meeting Jesus is when you realize he is your Savior. It's when you give him your life. It's not about knowing about him. Everybody knows about Jesus. But it's when you have a personal encounter with him. And you really say, Jesus, I need you. And, and you give your life to him. So for me, Emmaus, the way I define Emmaus, Emmaus is not a, it's not a place where we go to meet him. It's a place where he goes to meet us. And he is here today to meet you. My prayer is you will meet Jesus because it's the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. And I know you listen and you want to take our word for it, but no, no. <laughs> there are just some things you can't take somebody's word for. You need to see Cinderella's castle. You need to stand there. You need to meet him. I love apples. Okay, I'm an apple connoisseur. Now, I'm going to show you something. I'm not reaching for an iPhone or an iPad. I'm not talking about that apple. I'm talking about the original. Okay. I'm going to tell you what I think is the best apple out there. Did y'all know that universities like Cornell and major universities have apple breeding programs? Did anybody know that? Now, I don't even want to imagine how that happens, but anyway... We are making all kinds of apples today, trying to create the perfect apple. I'm on a search for the best apple, because I love apples. And so I've been on a search. Man, somebody told me Fuji. I tried Fuji. Somebody told me Snapdragon. I tried Snapdragon. Then I saw one the other day, Sweet Tango. And I'm like, well, hey, there's a new one. Let me try that. I read up on them. Here's the best one, the best one of all. In fact, I did a little blind taste test. One of my officers one, day, officers one day, he said, oh, Snapdragon's the best one. 
I said, Snapdragon isn't the best. We said, yes, it is. I said, all right, we're going to do a taste test. And we got together at my office, and, and we cut some apple slices, and, and you didn't know which one was which, so you just had to eat them, and then you pick which one. Guess which one won. My apple. Here it is. You want the name of it? Now, I know <laughs> Arkansas. No, we don't even grow apples in it. Well, yeah, we do. Way up in the north. I guess we do. So I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get a thousand emails of an apple that you, oh, no, no, this one's better. This one's better. But you're serving the point. This is an envy apple. Envy is so good. You don't get them year-round, but it's the best. Now, you're sitting there nodding politely. Okay, Pastor, we understand. You'll never believe me until you taste it. You see, when there is something that's changed your life and you want to tell your friends about it, they're going to look at you like you looked at me when I'm telling you about this apple. But when you taste it, when you experience it, when you meet Jesus, everything changes. So my goal is take a bite today, not of an envy apple, meet Jesus. Because when you meet Jesus, listen, number one, you have hope. You have hope. Did you hear what the disciples said to him? They said, well, we had hoped, look at this verse, we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. But he, he's gone. So their hope is gone. Their hope got buried, and he was still, in their mind, dead, and hope was gone. What was it they were hoping for right here? Redeem Israel. What does the word redeem mean? It's simply a word that means to set free. Set free. You remember when the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were in bondage to the Egyptians and they were being treated like slaves because they were the slaves of the Egyptians. And then you remember when God called Moses and he let them out. And that's when Passover, we first understood Passover. That's when that exodus happened. That's when the prince of Egypt, the movie was made. That's when all those things happened with the Red Sea. Did you know the Bible uses the word redeem? They were redeemed. That means they were set free from the dominion of Egypt. They were set free from the slavery to Egypt. Can I tell you, when Jesus came to this earth, he came to redeem mankind. He came to redeem humanity. Why? Because we were being held enslaved. Let me tell you how Paul says it, and this kind of brings it. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. The enemy had deceived, and the enemy held us, and every person apart from Christ is lost in this darkness of the enemy, and Jesus came as the light of the world to bring hope and truth and to set us free, and he did it by the cross so that now in Christ we're free. If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. He came to redeem us. Now look around, not necessarily in the room, but look at this world. If I've had anything mentioned to me about our world lately, it's been the same course. Our world is getting worse. Can I just tell you that what we're watching is demonic? It is a sign that the enemy has a grip, not just on this country. How do you walk into a school and shoot 
innocent children. It is nothing but demonic. It is from the one who came to kill, steal, and destroy. His name is Satan. That's all you can describe it as. I stood in Uvalde. I stood at the school where all those kids were killed. And I'm trying to wrap my mind around a world where somebody would bring themselves to that point of saying, I'm going to kill some innocent people. It is nothing but demonic. And if we ever open our eyes and realize the only way to defeat the demonic is through the redemption provided by Jesus Christ in his name. He changes the heart. He sets us free. I mean, we can have laws and we can have prisons and we can have all kind of stuff, but until the sun sets you free, you're not free indeed. And Jesus came to redeem. Here's the story. It's real simple. Three words. There was a problem, there was a plan, and there's a promise. The problem? Sin came and messed up everything. God created a perfect world. Adam and Eve were in the garden. And all of a sudden, an apple shows up. Not a, well, maybe envy. That may be where he got that name. I don't know. That just hit me. Well, I don't think it was an apple, but we'll use an apple today. They ate of the fruit they weren't supposed to, just plain disobedience. And what happened? God said, you got to leave the garden. Immediately, there was a broken relationship between the creator and the creation. And, and, and now, they're hiding from God. And what was supposed to be isn't. And death entered the world. And Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday. So all of that happened <laughs> in that one moment. And so now, that's the problem. But here's a plan. God's got a plan. He said, no, I'm not going to leave you separated from me. And he sent his son to intervene on our behalf. He sent his son to take your sin and your sin and my sin and take it to a tree and nail it to a tree. Jesus didn't die for his sin. He died for yours. He didn't take those nails for his sin. Those were my nails. Those were, that was my crown of thorns. And he did that. Why? Because that was the plan. Now there's a promise. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's a beautiful story that Jesus came to save us and redeem us. So when you meet him, you got hope. My goodness, he walked out of a grave. What else can he not handle? He defeated death. Is there anything you got going on worse than that? No. He defeated our greatest enemy. So when you meet Jesus, you have hope. Second thing, when you meet Jesus, you have life. He came to bring life. Jesus is the one that said, the devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come to give you life and life abundant. You know, for these guys, let me tell you what that life looked like. <laughs> they told each other, said, didn't our heart burn within us? I, I love that. Didn't our heart burn within us when he was talking to us? You know what that means? You ever had a sense that Jesus was with you? You ever just felt something inside like, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's goal is to live in us and make Jesus real. And every once in a while you'll feel that. Let me tell you what that is. That's life. Life is not a beating heart. Life is not just functioning in a physical realm. Life is when you are alive in Christ and the Holy Spirit and you know He's with you. And you know He's guiding you. What's this? They, this, to me, I, my mind just goes crazy places with this. Jesus taught them through the scriptures. 
He showed them in the Old Testament. Now, let me show you something, guys. You see that verse in Isaiah? He's talking about me. You see that verse in Hosea? He's talking about me. How cool is that to go to a Bible study on Jesus in the Old Testament and Jesus is teaching it? I mean, that's what they got. Do you know that every day he walks with you and he is the author of life and he's showing you how to live life? You have life. You're not on your own grappling with things, trying to find your way. He is with you explaining everything. I can't wait for the day that we're with him. I don't know. This is probably not going to happen, but I, I just imagine sitting down with Jesus one day and he's going, David, let me, let me show you your life and let me show you where I was and you didn't know I was there. You remember that day you crashed on that bike and found the heart issue? I knew about that heart issue the day you were born. And you know what? I kept you alive that day. And you made it through that because of me. And David, you remember that time that you, uh, you were disappointed because you didn't get that job? Well, David, I was the one that was there to take care of that. You didn't get that job because you didn't need that job. Because that was going to take you to a place that would hurt you and destroy you and separate us. So I didn't open that door because it was bad for you. But let me show you the door I opened. Won't it be cool one day Jesus is going to show us he really was there and he was life every day for us. When you meet him, he's living in you. You have him to show you. And when you have Jesus, not only do you have hope, and life, you got a future. Look at this verse. Jesus actually says this one. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Wait a minute. I thought he entered the tomb. He did. I thought he was in a grave. He was. Where is he today? He's in his glory. And you know what? He's preparing it for you. Can I just tell you? That your life is not going to end in a hole in the ground called a grave. It ends in a home in the skies called glory. He is preparing a place for us. He overcame death. Jesus said himself, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though they die, yet shall they live. And he's preparing the most incredible future. So these guys were looking all sad, like it was done, it's over. No, it isn't over. He's not finished yet. And when you meet Jesus, you realize you have a future ahead of you. You've got something incredible. Now, I don't know how it happened in the moment, but the Scripture says that he sat down at the table, and, and he did something, and all of a sudden they recognized him. Okay? Most people, when I'm in a store... And they don't see me. When they hear my voice, when they hear the southern accent, they go, oh, that's Pastor David. Yeah. Well, there's always little dead giveaways that people have of, oh, I, I know who that is. Let me show you what was the giveaway for Jesus that, that day. When he took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it, they all of a sudden go, oh, my goodness. That's him. And then he was gone. Now, what is it about? I mean, I just did that. What is it about that? You think they were there that night? He broke bread with the disciples and said, this is my body, which is good. He, they could have been. 
They weren't part of the 11, we know that, but they could have been in the room. Or maybe they were there at the Sea of Galilee when he took five loaves and two fishes and he broke the bread that wasn't much and he fed 5,000 people with it. Maybe they were there when he said, I am the bread of life. Or maybe they were there and they knew that one day, once again, he would sit down with us and he would break bread and he would drink of the fruit of the vine again when his kingdom has come. Maybe they remembered that. Guys, I'll be honest, I don't know what it was. All I know is they saw him and they knew that he was with them. And they knew that Jesus had prepared this day for them and they weren't about to miss it. In fact, you know what the next verses say? They went back and told the others, hey guys, the women were right. They're not on drugs. The women were right. He is risen. We want you to see him today. We want you to meet him today. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good because then you have hope, then you have life, and then you have a future. And by the way, one day you're going to meet him because the Scripture says every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So why wait for that day? Let's meet him today. I want you to bow with me as your head's bowed. If there's someone in this room or on this stream and you've never put your faith in him, you've never met him, you've heard about Jesus, but you've never said, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want to meet you. Can we do something right here and on this stream? Can we just ask him? Just say, Jesus, I need to meet you. Jesus, I need you. Please come. I believe he will hear you. I want to do something for you. I want to pray for you, especially for that. So I, I need you to be honest with me just for a second in this, in this moment. If you would say to me, David, I've, I've known about Jesus. I've been in church, or maybe I hadn't, but today, David, I want to meet Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I, I want you to just lift your hand up if that's you. David, I, I need Jesus today. Thank you. Just lift it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't ask you, are you religious? I asked you, do you want to meet Jesus? Lift your hand up. Wow. Lord, can I just pray for these that raise their hand? And Lord, you know, you know there's some that didn't raise their hand. You don't have to see their hand. You know their heart. Jesus, would you come in and give them hope? Would you give them life? Would you give them a future? If you lifted your hand a minute ago, or even if you didn't, and, and you would join me in praying this, it's a simple prayer. It goes like this, and I want you to say it. Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth for me. Now tell him, thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sin. And thank you, Jesus, for walking out of a grave for me. I believe you are alive today. And then here's the most important part. Jesus, I want to meet you. And Jesus, I'll follow you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name.
Amen. I'm just believing there were people who prayed that. Can we give the Lord praise for those that just said, we want to meet Jesus. This is a mess. This is that moment. And so what I want to do is encourage you. Listen, we have a gift for you. If that was the first time you have actually prayed and said, Jesus, I want to meet you and I want to know you, we have a gift that will just help you. You'll find it on either side over at Welcome Center B or Welcome Center A. And also, let us know. Because we want to pray for you. We want to come along beside you and just let you know that you're not alone. Text the word Jesus. Man, you can text any word to that 40777. Something happens, right? <laughs> text the word donuts? Come on. Text the word Jesus, 40777. And what's going to happen is you're going to have somebody follow up with you because they're going to help you and celebrate with you. We want to be there, and we're on a journey together. And, man, what a journey it is. Now, I know. There are days it gets tough. And I'm thinking sometimes I'm laying there in bed thinking, okay, Jesus, you were raised from the dead, and I have that same spirit that raised you from the dead in me, but I can't get out of bed. You know what I remember? Jesus is risen. Guys, I've been through so many things. I had an MRI the other day, another follow-up after the brain surgery two years ago. And you go in that tube, and I don't know if you like being in tight places, but I'm not especially fond of it. And the whole time I'm in there, I'm thinking, Jesus, you went through a lot for me. Surely I can just lay still here for a little bit. Can I just tell you? And by the way, I got a message on my phone that the neurosurgeon was calling me. A few days after that, I'm like, oh, I need to get this. I answered it. She said, hey, I understand you've got an appointment to come in next week. Yeah. Well, there's no need for you to come in. I said, what? There's no need. And I'm going to quote. I'm going to quote her. We found nothing there. So for some of you that have wondered, nope, there's nothing there. It's nothing. But the moment that I heard that, listen, listen, this is what Paul said to Timothy. Paul's second Timothy, last book he wrote. He's in a hole in the ground called a cell in Rome, and he's about to be killed. And he's trying to encourage Timothy. And this is what he said. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. When you're having a bad day, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead from the dead. When you don't get that job you wanted, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Because you know what? That means if he is risen from the dead, he is with me and we can face anything. And one day, one day, we will stand before him and one day we'll physically see him and we will join a chorus singing forever. He is glorified. He is lifted high. He is risen. He is alive. He is alive. Jesus is alive. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.